0: mercy during these past years Almighty God and so we lean upon your grace and mercy to continue to sustain us for this upcoming year Almighty God of 2022 that's right around the corner so father just as you've been faithful in the past we know that you know our future you know what's in our future And through your word, you've revealed to us what our future is in you. And so, Father God, we just delight in your ways. We delight in your word, Almighty God. And when there are many voices out there right now, on the news, on the Internet, throughout this whole world that is speaking and saying the way things are going to be, as we turn to your word, Father, we find... Peaceful confidence and knowing that you still sit upon the throne in heaven But most even more important today Almighty God you reside and sit on the throne of our hearts and it's our desire Almighty God that we would hear from your word today as never before Almighty God To understand the mind of our Heavenly Father so that we can do only what is pleasing in his sight. We delight in you, almighty Father God. We delight in our elder brother who is Yeshua, our eternal high priest, who not only laid down his life for us, but gave us new life, caused us to be born again, born of the Spirit, almighty God. And Yeshua, you were faithful to give us your Ruach HaKodesh, the spirit of the living God. Are we listening to his voice? Are we listening to his encouraging when we make decisions in our life? Almighty God, speak to us this day. We ask this in Yeshua's name. Amen. Continuing now, In Acts of Yeshua's emissaries, Shalakim, which were the sent ones, chapter 22. Acts chapter 22, and beginning at verse 1. Brothers and fathers, listen to me as I make my defense before you now. When they heard him speaking to them in Hebrew, they settled down more. So he continued. I'm a Jew born in Tarsus, a Cilicia, brought up in this city, trained at the feet of Gamiel in every detail of the Torah of our forefathers. I was as zealot for God as all of you are today. I persecuted to death the followers of this way, arresting both men and women and throwing them into prison. The Kohen Haggadah, the high priest in the whole Sanhedrin, can also testify to this. Indeed, after receiving letters from them to their colleagues in Damascus, I was on my way there in order to arrest the ones in that city too and bring them back to Jerusalem for punishment. As I was traveling and approaching Damascus around noon, Suddenly, a bright light from heaven flashed all around me. I fell to the ground and heard the voice saying to me, Shaul, Shaul, why do you keep persecuting me? I answered, Sir, who are you? I am Yeshua from Nazareth. He said to me, and you are persecuting me. Those who were with me did see the light. But they didn't hear the voice of the one who was speaking to me. I said, what should I do, Lord? And the Lord said to me, get up and go into Damascus. And there you will be told about everything that has been laid out for you to do. I have been blinded by the brightness of the light. So my companions led me by the hand into Damascus. A man named Hananiah, an observant follower of the Torah, who was highly regarded by the entire Jewish community there, came to me and stood by me and said, Brother Shaul, see again. And that very moment I recovered my sight and I saw him. He said, the God of our fathers determined in advance that you should know his will and see his zadik." his righteous one and hear his voice because you will be a witness for him to everyone of what you have seen and heard. So now, what are you waiting for? Get up and immerse yourself and have your sins washed away as you call upon his name. After I returned to Jerusalem, it happened that as I was praying in the temple, I went into a trance, and I saw Yeshua. Hurry, he said to me, get out of Jerusalem immediately, because they will not accept what you have to say about me. I said, Lord, they know themselves that in every synagogue I used to imprison and flog those who trusted in you, and also when the blood of your witness Stephen was being shed. I was standing there, too, in full agreement. I was even looking after the clothes of the ones who were killing him. But he said, get going, for I'm going to send you far away to the Gentiles. They who had been listening to him up to this point, but now they shouted at the top of their lungs, Rid the earth of such a man. He's not fit to live. They were screaming, waving their clothes, and throwing dust into the air. So the commander ordered him brought into the barracks and directed that he be interrogated and whipped in order to find out why they were yelling at him like this. But as they were stretching him out with the thongs to be now flogged, Shaul said to the captain standing by, Is it legal for you to whip a man who is a Roman citizen and hasn't even had a trial? When the captain heard that, he went on and reported it to the commander. Do you realize what you're doing? This man is a Roman citizen. The commander came up and said to Shaul, tell me, are you a Roman citizen? Yes, he said. The commander replied, I bought this citizenship for a sizable sum of money. But I was born into it, Shaul said. At once the men who had been about to interrogate him drew back from him, and the commander was afraid too because he realized that he had put this man, who is a Roman citizen, in chains. However, the next day, since he wanted to know the specific charge the Judeans were bringing against him, He released him and ordered the head Koanim, the high priest, and the whole Sanhedrin to meet. Then he brought Shaul down and put him in front of them. There's a lot here. So let us now begin in verse number 12, where we left off last Shabbat. Let's focus on this a man named Hananiah, who was what? He was an observant follower of the Torah, who was highly regarded by the entire Jewish community there. So the whole Jewish community knew of this man. And what's going on in the setting where Rav Shaul is now in Jerusalem? It's a celebration of Shavuot. A feast of the Lord. An appointed time where the men of Israel, both in the land and part of the diaspora, were appointed to be in Jerusalem, acknowledging the calling out of Abba, Father God, to them. So this was a great and significant time. Many of those who were in the crowd knew of this man, Hananiah, personally, And so this was a witness to them that were hearing him. Rav Sha'ul, as he was speaking. In other words, that he was a Torah true Jew can be verified by whoever wants to truly investigate the truth. But you see, these individuals were what? They were stirred up by Rumors. False accusations. And what were part of their accusations? That Rav Shaul, the Apostle Paul, went into the diaspora and he was encouraging his fellow Torah Torah observant Jews to forsake the Torah. To no longer do brit milah, which is circumcision, for their sons on the eighth day after they were born. Earlier today, I heard a discussion between Tim Heeb, who's our elder, and Karen. They were, they were talking about Moses and how Sapporah had come and said to him, you are a bloody bridegroom because Moshe, Moses, who was giving the Torah, the Ten Commandments of God, and he knew this in the bottom of his heart. He was not fulfilling God's word in that from Abraham down, your sons that were born in your family were to receive the Brit Milah on their eighth day. Now, Abraham did not receive that until much later. Ishmael, he received it and he was 13 years old. But Isaac... The son of promise received it on the eighth day. And so going forward, going forward. And so they were accusing him of forsaking the Torah of Moshe. Actually the Torah of Almighty God the Father. And so as Tim and Karen were sharing this today, that popped right back into my mind. And so Sapporah said to her, to her husband, you, you are a bloody man. You are a bloody bridegroom because you know what God requires. And here were Moses' two sons. And it doesn't tell us their ages, but they still had not been circumcised. And when you step back and think about this, here was Moshe, the leader of the Jewish people. And in the near future, he'd received the law the Torah of the God Most High, and yet there were areas in his own life where he was not fulfilling God's call and God's commands on his own life. That's why we need the Spirit of the living God in our lives to reveal to us, are we fulfilling God's true Torah? And know this, that you and I of ourselves can never fulfill Torah. God sent his son Yeshua who did fulfill the Torah. And it's by his grace and mercy we can be truly Torah observant as through the interpretation through the one greatest rabbi who's ever lived, and him being Yeshua the Messiah. Let's move forward here. So the fact that Hannah, Hananiah, was not reported in uh, Acts chapter 9 verses 10 through 17 reveals to us that that the importance here was for Rav Shaul to bring up certain things. Another instance of Shaul appearing to objective variability is when he answered those who doubted whether Yeshua had actually been resurrected. I'd like to, for you to turn with me at this time to 1st Corinthians chapter 15 See scripture does not stand alone by itself but scripture is built upon scripture. So here we are in 1st Corinthians chapter 15 and we'll begin in verse number 1. This is speaking about the resurrection. Now brothers, I remind you of the good news which I proclaim to you, in which you have received, on which you have taken your stand. So what are we standing on today? Is it not the good news that we have hope and life in Messiah? Absolutely, and it was no different for them in that day. And by which you are being saved, provided, see there's an if here, provided that you keep holding fast to the message which I proclaim to you. You know, there are many people today that want to say they're following Yeshua, but they keep adding things, or they're following Jesus, and they keep adding things. See, it's Yeshua and Yeshua alone that brings about salvation in our lives. Let's go forward here. And by which you are being saved, Provided you keep holding fast to the message I proclaim to you. For if you don't... Wait a second. You mean we have a choice every day? Absolutely. For if you don't, your trust will have been what? In vain. For among the first things I passed on to you was also what I received, namely that this, Messiah died for our sins in accordance with what the Tanakh says, that he was buried and he raised on the third day, in accordance with the Tanakh says, and he was seen by Kepha, Peter, then by the 12, and then afterwards he was seen by more than 500 brothers all at one time. The majority of, of whom are still alive, though some have died. Later, he was seen by Yaakov, Jacob, then by all the emissaries. And last, he was seen by me. Who's the one speaking here? Rav Shaul. He was seen by me, even though I was born at the wrong time. For I am the least of all the emissaries, the called out ones, the sent ones, unfit to be called an emissary because I persecuted the messianic community of God. See, God's word reveals where Rav Shaul's state was at one over and over and over again. But you know, God forgave him. And just think about this. If we had someone walk into our midst today, within our congregation today, that had for years been arresting and persecuting us, and then that person comes in, and there's a rumor that this person is now a believer, how would we receive that person? Would we not have to have the spirit of the living God speak into our hearts? Can you you sense the fear and trepidation that Hananiah did when the Lord said, No, you go and you pray for him. But what what did Hananiah say? He's the one that has been persecuting the body of Messiah. But Hannah and I had to do what? He had to obey the Lord's word. See, there are times when our minds, we cannot figure it out, and our heart is deceitful above all things. But whose voice are we to be listening to? Whose word are we to be following? Our own opinion? Or what God is speaking to us directly? So, you know that you have a love for Yeshua, and you have not lost your first love when He's allowed to speak to you, and we obey. He's given us the great gift of the Ruach HaKodesh, the Spirit of the Living God, who shall continue to lead us into all truth. Let's continue now back in verse number 13. I'll read both 12 and 13 because there it's hard to separate them. A man named Hanani, an observant follower of the Torah, who was hardly regarded by the entire Jewish community there, came to me and he stood by me and said, Brother Shaul, we see again. And that very moment I recovered my sight and I saw him. See, he's testifying here that he's not the only one who's came to put his trust in Yeshua as his Messiah. Someone that the majority of them knew, knew him intimately. He would be like a lead bishop in a congregation that everyone knew of them, knew of the reputation for faithfully dividing the word of God and proclaiming the good news. And so he's giving them another example. Because you know what? Oftentimes we forget as we're reading through this scripture that the majority of the audience that was standing before Rav Shaul that day had a veil over their eyes. Think about when Rav Shaul saw Stephen shining like an angel as the stones were being thrown at him. And he was standing there Holding the coat. And how he proclaimed God's word. Starting from the beginning to the end at that time. Proclaiming the good news. And then turning to them. And looking away and looking, putting his eyes towards heaven. And seeing then his eternal high priest rise up from the throne that's next to the father and proclaiming that and then saying these words do not hold this sin against them and then he goes under and he dies and that was undeniable testimony and when you think what's here going on this is outside the temple courts in the setting there there are no loose stones there for anyone to gather And those who are walking in deception of the veil over their eyes cannot grab rocks now to stone this person, this Rav Shaul, the apostle. So what do they gather? They gather dust. And they begin heaping it up in the air and throwing it towards Rav Shaul. But Rav Shaul knows this that there's nothing they can do against him until the Lord's appointed time and hour for him to go in the presence of God. Let's go now to verse 13. And he said, God of our fathers, determine in advance that you should know his will and see the zadik, the righteous one. Remember Simon? And here's Miriam and Joseph. And they bring their babe. And they bring him to the temple. And there is Simone, Simon. And he receives Yeshua into his arms. And that day he got to see face to face The righteous one. See how all this is tied together? Let's continue here. To hear and see the Zadik, the righteous one, and to hear his voice. You know, every day we have an opportunity to see Yeshua in God's word. And we also have an opportunity to hear his voice. Are we looking for him in his word? For he's called the literal word of God, and are we hearing his voice? Are we hearing a voice of another, or hearing our own voice? Yes. Continuing here, the Zadik, or righteous one, where Stephen stood, and used this term for Yeshua, the Messiah, in Acts seven fifty two. Let's look at that verse. It's very, very important. Acts 7.52. To hear from the voice of one who's in the process of laying down his life for his God and King. And this, let's start in 51 because this puts it in perspective. Stiff-necked people with uncircumcised hearts and ears. You continually oppose whom? The Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. You do the same things that your fathers did. Why? Because there's a veil over their eyes. Verse 52. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? They killed those who told you in advance about the coming of whom? The Zadik, the righteous one. And now you become his betrayers and murderers. You who receive the Torah has been having been delivered by angels, but you do not keep it. And on hearing these things they were cut to their hearts. And they ground their teeth at him. But he, what? Full of what? His own opinion? His self-confidence? No, full of the Ruach HaKodesh. What are we filled with today? Ourselves? Or the Spirit of the living God? He looked up to heaven and he saw what? God's Shekinah. God's glory. And with Yeshua standing where? at the right hand of God. And what did he say to them? Look, but they could not see. Why? Because there was a veil over their eyes, including Rav Shaul. Look, he exclaimed, I see heaven opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. And at this they began yelling at the top of their voices so that they wouldn't hear him And with one accord, they rushed at him, and they threw him outside the city and began doing what? Stoning him. And the witness laid down their coats at the feet of a young man named whom? Shaul. And as they were stoning him, Stephen called out to God, Lord Yeshua, receive my spirit. Then he kneeled down and shouted, Lord, don't hold this sin against them. And with that, he died. Verse chapter 8, verse 1. And Shaul gave his approval to his murderer. And starting with that day, there arose intense persecution against the Messianic community in Jerusalem. But all the emissaries were scattered throughout the regions of Yehuda and Shirom. Some godly men buried Stephen and warned him deeply. But Shaul set out to destroy the Messianic community, entering house after house. He dragged off both men and women and handed them over to be put in prison. However, those who were scattered announced the good news of the word wherever they went. See, that is the true background. Undeniable. And so now these who had the veil over their eyes that now see that this Rav Shaul, their one-time champion, has now received Messiah Yeshua and he's been transformed and not only he but there's another one you know with uh, Rav Shaul speaking this he was implicating well there's someone else you need to go into Damascus and arrest Hananiah but he knew where Hananiah's heart was he knew that he too was willing See what the world needs to see today. What are you living for? And what are you willing to die for? Is it gold or silver? Is it popularity? Is it all this garbage that's in this world, the stuff? Or are you willing to live your life? And if called upon, lay down your life for Yeshua let's continue here in verse 15 I have to go back to 14 he said the God of our fathers determined in advance that you should know him and his will isn't that a great thing to know to know the Lord intimately personally and to know his will And to see the Zizdik, the righteous one, and hear his voice. Because you will be a witness for him and to everyone of what you have both seen and heard. So what is our testimony today? Our testimony is this simplified. I was once I had a veil over my eyes and I did not know Messiah. But Messiah removed the veil from my eyes so I could see him and live for him. And so I'm now here to proclaim for what whom I've seen and what I've seen and what I've heard. I have nothing more to give to you, but only Yeshua or only Jesus today. Continuing here in verse 16. So now what are you waiting for? Get up and immerse yourself and have your sins washed away as you call upon his name. What does that word immerse mean? In the Greek, it's called baptise. The verb is in the middle voice, which means that it, is, it has a reflective force. This isn't something you just immediately do. It's something you think about. God has given us a mind to think and a heart to feel so that we go through this process and God reveals us in the state that we are, lost without any hope. For we have a veil before our eyes, but the veil's being removed slowly, and we're being able to see And he unstops our ears so we can hear his word as never before. And what does it bring about? Just like Alan shared, Elder Alan shared today, that when Isaiah saw the Lord revealed in his glory, he almost had a nervous breakdown. Because we cannot observe and contain the glory of the Lord. He allows it in increments, but you know what? It's to the point where we almost lose our minds. Because he's so glorious. That's the state that God brings us. In brokenness before him. So we can receive our salvation. And be reconciled to God the Father. To be immersed would be appropriate. The Jewish practice in the mikvah. For the proselyte baptism as well for spiritual purifications of the Jewish people. Self-immersion in contrast with the common present-day Christian baptismal practice of being immersed by someone else. See, he was told to go immerse yourself, for you to go into the waters. See, there was not to be a temporary mediator here, because Yeshua is our mediator before God the Father. And when you come in brokenness before the Lord... You go through the waters of immersion on your own. Let's go forward here in verse number 17. After I returned to Jerusalem, it happened that I was praying in the temple and I went into a trance. I appreciate Brother Alan's Torah reading and commentary today. Alan mentioned that Yaakov, Jacob, in a dream, saw the ladder of God from heaven to earth. And there were angels ascending and descending. And at the top of the ladder was the Messiah, Yeshua, God being revealed. But he saw this, and temporarily he made a pile of rocks and poured the olive oil over that, and then tried to then barter with God. How many of us have tried to bother with God after coming to faith, saving faith of Messiah? Are we not all guilty? I am. Well, Lord, if you'll do this and this and this and this, then I'll follow you and I'll serve you. And Alan excellently shared that, yeah, this was a temporary situation in his life, but he went right back to the old ways. Are we willing to forsake our Messiah and go our own way? We have opportunity every day to stay on the right path with the Lord as we walk and go in his ways. So it happened that while I was praying in the temple and I went into a trance, the Greek word here is called ek, Stasis, it's spelled E K S A S T A S I S, standing outside oneself. The ecstasy was unusual, but Sha'ul praying in the temple area was a normal Jewish behavior. This fact, which Sha'ul mentions casually, without emphasis, is all the more, more strongly evidenced that Sha'ul continued in his usual Jewish practices after coming to faith in Messiah. And I won't have you turn to all these scripture verses, but I'm going to list them for you. Sha'ul remained a Jew all his life, and indeed an observant Jew. Where is that found? In Acts 16.3, Acts 17.2, Acts 18.18, Acts 20.16, Acts 21, 23 through 27, and verse 28. And he even remained as a Pharisee from his own lips, from Acts 23, 6 in Philippians 3, 5. That's his own testimony. Verse 18 of Acts chapter 22. And I saw Yeshua... So he's testifying to those who have a veil over their eyes that truly believe that once they had Yeshua crucified, that later his disciples came and stole the body. But Rav Shaul's own lips before them is saying this, I saw Yeshua and he spoke to me. The dead do not speak to us, only the living. Hari said to me, get out of Jerusalem immediately. Because what? They, who are the they? Those who have the veil over their eyes. His audience right now. They will not accept what you have to say about me. And I said, Lord Adonai, they know themselves that in every synagogue I used to imprison and flog those who trusted in you. Also that when the blood of your witness Stephen was being shed, I was standing there too in full agreement as though I was even looking after the clothes of those who were killing him. But what does the Lord say? He doesn't say stop arguing with me. He says this, get going. Is he not our shepherd? Are we not to listen to him? When he says, get going, what are we supposed to say? Well, I gotta take care of this, I gotta take care of that. What did Yeshua say to the rich young man that said, I'm willing to follow, what must I do next? He says, Now come and follow me. And he said, No, 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 wait a second. I, I gotta bury my father. He said, Let the dead bury the dead. Let's go forward here. He said to him, get going, for I'm going to send you far away. To whom? To the Gentiles. Why? Because they need to know about the light of God, who is Yeshua, his son. We'll end the message right now, today. Shabbat Shalom.